crazy, disruptive, explicit. We say it like it is. Real world sales and marketing. Real stories from the road. Yeah, it's the real shit. This, this is the Recapic Podcast. On another beautiful evening in Boise, Idaho. Enjoying this summer evening around the fire pit with no fire in it. It's got a cooler on it. And our soundboard. You can't have it. And a, the wine. And the wine. Because we're drinking rosé all day. What are we drinking? It's rosé. Chateau. Parasol. Mm. It tasted fancy. I'm glad it sounded fancy. We miss you. It is quite fancy. Mm-hmm. Do you want some more of this one? Yeah. Yeah, top me out there. Um, happy Tuesday. I guess yeah. this releases on Wednesday, so happy Wednesday. Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, yeah. Yeah. We got to record on Tuesday, get out on Wednesday, so yeah, little hump um, day havoc. We'll have that out for you guys tomorrow and be very topical and on top of the ball here. Oh, yeah, beautiful sunset. And we are now going to talk sales and marketing stuff. Sales, marketing, business, life, and all the other shit. All the good stuff. Kind of getting uh, excited because today's going to be a good one because you're going to get me on a rant. You're going to get me all fired up. I'll probably say fuck a whole bunch of times. You don't normally do that, so that's weird. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up about this topic. I think it's going to be pretty good because I, I really do, to give people some insight into the Wreak Havoc podcast, a lot of times I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking credit, but this is kind of how our <laughs> creative works, right? Like I kind of come up with a question or an idea of what I want to talk about that has no intelligence to it. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like, hmm, I wonder. And then I pose it to you and let you bring your intelligence into the question that I'm posing. Yeah. So I think I that kinda, works. I'm kind of the idea and you're the brains. It's it's uh, it's like throwing noodles against the wall mm-hmm. and seeing what sticks. Right. Yeah. So today, I so I've spent the last week up in McCall. I'm building a cabin in McCall and a little town a couple hours north of Boise here. Um, small town, uh, it's a resort town. So it's one of those that blows up on Thursday night and it, you know, tenfolds the, the, Mm -hmm. the, uh, population in the summertime weekends, you know, and then kind of mellows out back during the week a little bit, not not so much anymore, but so there's, it's, it's a smaller town, smaller community. And we up there, they're taking this COVID thing very, very serious. And the mask thing, very, very serious. More so than most small towns. Right. And I do understand. I'm, I'm going to be empathetic here because I do get it. I mean, you're a small community with smaller resources to handle things. Mm-hmm. Your community could obviously be infected quicker. I, I To a point, I don't know if that's, anyway, I don't know if that's 100% true because you're maybe no the epidemiologist. Numbers, yeah, and maybe it's not, maybe it's just that the numbers would look more obvious because everyone kind of knows each other, but... So they're very very serious about it. I get it. I've I'm not a masker. I don't believe in it, so I'm not really uh, a guy. But I have complied with it up there more so than down here because it, it they're very sensitive to it. Like it's it's a different feeling up there. Mm-hmm. Um, the compliance is is way higher up there than it is down here. Um, and it made me think because we were talking about. It. So this little town has two grocery stores in it. That does make it a small town. Okay, two grocery stores. You've yep. got you've got the one you know the one big boy on the block who they've just remodeled. They're they're basically the the big boy, the go to um, grocery store in town. And then there's kind of like the the knockoff, the second place guy down the street. Yep. And I 
I started thinking I was we were talking about it. I said, you know, it'd be an amazing business move to try. This is like Coca Cola and Pepsi. I would say this is more of a Coca Cola and RC. Oh, RC, really? I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they're all right. Diet right, maybe. I tab. Give, I'd give them at least RC, maybe even like a Shasta. You know, Let's Shasta, go Shasta. Shasta is pretty well known, right? I like Shasta. People know Shasta, but it's a little cheaper, a little easier, you know. But there's definitely you got your Coca Cola, and you're right. So they have, I think, at this point in that town, because what I I have I've been spending a lot of time up there lately. Um, I've felt the compliance going down up there. Like I, I, there's certain pockets where it's really, really staunch, and then but you're just seeing more people. Like I go to the lumberyard locks we're building, and so I'm I'm in there a lot. Mm-hmm. I've watched it go from the first few times that we were in there, everyone masked up in the lumberyard, to the last couple times I've been there, no one was wearing a mask. So there's certain parts and pockets of that town that that it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, the golf course, it's not happening at the golf course. It's not happening. You know, some of the restaurants are kind of just Latin. You like, uh, yeah, go on in. You know, no big deal. Um, but the grocery stores have been the strictest I've seen. What if, so the, the title of this episode is going to be To Comply or Not to Comply. That sounds very Shakespearean. That is the question. Because I think what, and I came to you with your big marketing brain. I said, what What would you do? Like, what if you were the other guy and you, you're Shasta? Well, I don't even know why we're using Okay, it's Albertsons and Ridley's. I'm gonna because I'm gonna screw it up and say their names anyways. I don't know why. I'm, anyway, you did a pretty good job though. Yeah, of, like was, trying yeah, to make I'm, it all trying to be inconspicuous. But so so Ridley's <laughs> has an opportunity here. Like if I owned Ridley's, sure. I think, and this isn't just me being a no masker dickhead. I'm saying I think there's an opportunity to say, hey, Albertsons is really strict. Like they have someone standing at the door. You know, with an AR ready to shoot you in the face if you don't have a mask. An, an on, AR right? in one hand and a thermometer, right? Those. <laughs> like they're they're on lockdown. What if you were to tell everybody, "Hey, come shop at Ridley's. We're a private location. This is private property, and we're saying in our private property, you do not have to wear a mask. If you're okay with and, and put a enter at your own risk, masks not required here. And you put that sign on there. I honestly believe just because of my own personal experience my own world the moment people i know right none of them want to wear masks and if they had the option to go to ridley's who is you know not winning market share against albertson's they could suck a lot of customers over and increase get a lot of business off of being non-masked but they would also face this dilemma or pr nightmare of being considered you know detriment you know i mean like this is horrible you're gonna kill everybody in the town right like where do you go with that like i mean i'm sitting here looking at going where at what point do you do you take a risk there's there's the playground right right is risk um so as i'm as i'm thinking about this whole thing number one you have to understand your market if you understand your market and you understand your who your customers are and, and who are the customers that are coming to you? And who are the customers that are your potential new customers? Who are the customers that are the Albertsons faithful that are that are in the camp of, I can't believe you wouldn't wear a mask, right? Because that's not your target. They're the same people that need an olive bar. <laughs> yeah. That's... One, rest, one, one grocery store has an olive bar and um, one doesn't. That's the difference. That's... That identifies your target demographic. 
really one of them has really a well. sushi bar in it. Mm-hmm. One of them doesn't. One of them doesn't. So that's your first thing. Um, if if you are smart about it, you can go identify who your fence dwellers are and who those people are. Because the people, again, the people that that are, oh, you got to wear a mask. That's not your target if you're Ridley's. Your target is, and honestly, I don't think you have to spend a dime on marketing to make this thing work. All you have to do is tip tip the momentum and let the grassroots thing do its work. Because the reality is there's a ton of people that are up in that area that are, they're just tired. And they're like, you know what? I'm not buying it. And here's, here's the reason that I say that. Um, you talked about people that you know, right? So the proximity of, of your world identifies your worldview, right? So the things that are going on around you, the experiences that are going on around you, the social issues that are going on around you, all of those things that are proximate to your radar to, to what is around you, that those are the things that are going to define your, your worldview and, and, and in a big way, some of your values, right? So if you are, let's say that you're married to uh, somebody that's a very high risk person in uh, medically, right? Your perception of the whole COVID thing is going to be a much different perception because of the proximity to somebody that is very, very high risk. Right. Yeah. So as a business, I think you can, again, identify who your target is and then present that in a way where you're going to let them come to the conclusion. It's a concept closure type of a thing. So you're going to say, hey, listen, masks are encouraged, but they're not required. And what that does, it does two things. The immediate thing is, hey, it gives me an option to not worry about this. The, The secondary thing is, and it's kind of a, it's kind of a subconscious thing. It kind of gives you a little bit more respect and treats you like a grown-up and says, hey, we trust that you'll make the right decision for you. So come on in, and if you need some olives or some sushi, we can recommend a place down the road. But You have to wear a mask. Yeah, and, and really, it's not saying that we don't believe in this. It's not saying anything that's controversial. All it's saying is, hey, listen, we're going to leave it up to you. We're not going to require it. That, I think, grassroots, it doesn't take that many social media posts for people to figure that out. And in a small town anyway, people are going to talk. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm going all the time. I'm a, right. I'm a daily shopper guy. So, you know, we've got, uh, you know, while we're building, we're up there pretty much staying in our, our uh, toy hauler mm-hmm. and our camper. And uh, so, I mean, I'm up there grabbing food and stuff. If I know one of them is and one of them isn't, I go, well, here's a good example. I purposely didn't buy fuel or buy anything, get out and get a drink or, or food or fuel in McCall because they're very, 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 you know, masker mm-hmm. people there. I drove 27 miles down, but down the hill to Cascade on right. my way home. I mean, I had to go through it anyway. I'm not, I didn't go out of my way. I, I'm going through it, but I, I held off from spending my dollars in McCall and I, you know, got food and fueled up and got mm-hmm. my drink at Harpo's in Cascade because right. I have been in there and I know they don't wear masks. Like the employees don't wear them. They have no signs up saying they're required. And, and it's very much a non-mask uh, store or, or, you know, convenience store. So I purposely went there and bought, and they were packed. I mean, 
it, they were slam packed and, and maybe it's my own mind because i i'm like see this works but like i literally was like wow there's a lot of people here for a tuesday you know i mean i <laughs> right. drove i drove down today and and uh it was like wow tuesday afternoon this place is packed well i think everyone's in there because they don't want to go up the road where they have to friggin wear mat put mask on to go in so i i think there's I agree with you that people are kind of getting tired of it, and I think you hit the nail it'll, on the It'll run its course. Off air, you said the same thing. You're like, people, when people lose, the, the shininess wears off, kind yeah. of basically people just stop doing well, stuff. Well, and it comes back to the proximity. If right. the proximity, if my worldview reflects the reality that the, that the news media is feeding me, then you have at some point six months in you're like i don't know anyone that's died of this i don't know anyone that's really even struggled with this i don't know anybody like this isn't happening in my proximity so therefore i'm done fighting it and you know like we talked about off air um you know it's a two-hour drive from boise to mccall Mm -hmm. it's a treacherous road you and i both know people that have died on that road um i have more concern about my children driving that highway because I, in my own proximity, I have people I know, and especially, you know, teenagers when we were younger and people that had, you know, died in car accidents on that road. I am very cautious of my children driving on that road. I actually would be more cautious about that than I ever am of COVID or making them wear a mask, right? Like, I mean, because I, there's nobody I know. And we're still talking about something in, in today's numbers is less than one, you know, third of 1% chance and and so i think there's a for me i'm tired of it and i'm just feeling like more and more people are getting tired of it and i'm like and I, but you got to let them come to that conclusion and there but, i mean but how do you do like i just i think you do and you don't like i almost agree and disagree with you as far as like you say oh well we'll um you know, we'll we'll leave it up for you know. We're not gonna say this is. Well, I almost would say like if I was the owner Ridley's, like you said, how you would do it. Here's how I would do it. I literally be like, uh, yeah, we're having a freedom sale, and you don't have to wear it here. You know, we we're not we're non mask. Like, I mean, literally try to go the opposite way of it and really swing the pendulum to where like people are like. Fuck yeah, I'm with you. Like, I want him to feel. I I almost at this point. This is but me, that's this those is me guys, being a dickhead. Those guys aren't your. Here's what I'm saying though. Those guys are gonna go shop there either way. Because they're they're gonna right. they're gonna rebel against the whole mask thing. That's not your target. Because you've already got them. I don't have to worry about them. Yeah. Yeah. So the target, the people that I want to sway, are the people that are. They don't have a problem wearing a mask, but they'd rather not. But I'm trying to get the people that live on that side of town to drive past the other store to come to mind because I don't make them wear masks. And I think that's what I'm what I'm getting at because I, I want it to be like, I want them to legit know like, hey, by the way, you know, like I if, if someone said to me, hey, I need to run to the store and I'm in McCall, I'd say, hey, okay, by the way, if you don't want to wear a mask, drive over to Ridley's because so Ridley's doesn't I'll give you another. I'll give you another really simple grassroots thing. Here's what I would do. I would rent one of those trucks that has a billboard on it, and I would park it right across the street from Albertsons or right down the road, either way, wherever I think the most traffic is coming in or out, right? Yeah. And I would put, <laughs> shop at Ridley's. You don't have to wear a mask. With or without a mask, shop at Ridley's. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Cuz cuz here's the thing. You can still do this in a way where you're not combative and you're not com- you're not controversial, right? Right. Like you can hold it with an open hand and just say, "Hey, with or without a mask, you can shop at Ridley's." Cuz this this and is that's how all you, I that's fe- the message. Yeah, and I mean then this this goes back to what 
you know, I mean, and I guess it's put your money where your mouth is, but like my, I am a hundred percent in, I, I should say hundred percent cause that's my own opinion. You can't be a hundred percent right. I believe hundred percent of my opinion. I believe a hundred percent in my own heart of hearts that, uh, the majority, the majority is very silent in this, that the majority doesn't believe it. The majority doesn't. So, so what I'm seeing is you're seeing companies like Albertsons, like I was at Matador the other night and the same mm-hmm. thing. Like I see these companies where they're forcing, uh, they're doing the mask thing to comply with the Karens of the world, to, to comply with the fucking, because the Karens, the, the trolls need to comply grease. with the fucking, you know, new, like they literally don't want to make the news, but it's like, what? So what if you do? So here, here's the thing. Like what I believe is, let's say that 30% of the world believes it. Okay. Let's say you're 30% of your clientele believes it and 70% doesn't. You're still better off to play to the 70% than you are the 30 instead of trying to get a hundred because what you're doing is you're forcing your 70% to do what the 30% wants done. And, and I may, I think that number is way off to be honest. I think it's like a 10 to 90 kind of deal, but I a hundred percent only, I mean, I can tell you because proximity, my own world, I know a lot of people. I mean, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a socialite. I'm not rich. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But I know a lot of people that are are pretty smart and are pretty rich and are pretty successful. I hang at you know I've always said I surround myself I surround myself with good people and and I have a lot of good people around me. I'm not hanging out with idiots, okay? Well, except these mine. these guys. <laughs> there's and there's no, an exception to every rule. Not I'm the I only know moron. I only know three people who literally really do believe this, like that really are like, dude, it's real, it's real, man. Like, well, look me in the eye and say it's real. Even one of those guys, I think, is on the fence where he's kind of like, uh, it's not totally real, but if I you know, wear a mask and it takes the numbers down, okay, fine. Like, it, I, I can't understand how if that is just a, if I'm taking my proximity and taking my, you know, from you from a marketing standpoint, like if you just grabbed a random group of 100 people or uh-huh. 10 people, I honestly believe that 90% of them, would say, yeah, I'm I I'm done with this. I don't want to wear a mask. I'm done. I don't believe it. Blah blah blah. I'm gonna play a game. Then with you. why are mar- people marketing to it? I'm gonna play a game with you. Okay. Um. So I'm gonna. Is this where I take my pants off? This is no, not that game. Different okay. game. Different game. Um. I want you to think about how many times. So we're gonna. T- this is all about frequency, right? So one of the things that the that the whole COVID thing. If you look at if you look at the whole thing as a marketing campaign or public relations campaign one thing they've done well is they've constantly had it in the news one thing they haven't done well is they haven't had a consistent narrative and they haven't had a consistent message which which leads to fractures which leads those fractures become big giant cracks and then everybody starts to doubt right so if you're if you're a brand right you want to have a a very firm idea of who you are as a brand, what you do, what your unique selling proposition is. You need to know that, and all of your language needs to center around that. That is your core of who you are, right? Right. So in order to change that, it's very, very difficult. It takes a lot of time, and it takes constant effort. So now, if I were to present you with this idea that I'm going to position a brand-new Kia as a high-end luxury model 
how much energy do I have to spend in order to brand the idea of luxury in the same sentence as Kia in order for you to believe it? Or even better, to pick it over a car that does right. have that, right? Exactly. So pick, pick one of these two luxury cars you want to own, the Kia or, or the Mercedes. Right. So how long did it take Mercedes to build that brand? What have they done? They identify a very specific target of who they're looking for, right. and they're not worried about the Kia buyer. They're worried about the Mercedes buyer. They're worried about the BMW buyer, okay. the Porsche, right? And it, so it, if you look at it in terms of the demographics of who you're talking to, and if you take that and kind of look at, go back to your original discussion about what does a Ridley's do in order to take market share from the market leader, right? You, you will risk because you, you don't have Got any it. other options because right. Albertsons has all the momentum. They have all the money. They, they're doing a good job of delivering to what they think their target demographic is. That's why they have a sushi bar and they have an olive bar in their store. Right. Because if you look at where they're positioned geographically, they're on that side of town, white tails over there. There's, I mean, yeah. where's the money reside in right. that town? They've got there's, the Starbucks right. in their building. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, if you pick it apart, there's a lot of intelligent <laughs> insights that they've drawn. And they've positioned themselves really, really well. But, but I the, still say the same thing. I think if you walk into that Albertsons, I I can look at like I'm looking these people in the eye, and I don't really go to the Albertsons because of the you know I mean as much. But I go there because Starbucks is there, and I like Starbucks. But um, but you can see the disdain in people's eyes. That, oh yeah, you know you, you can you know you can look past the mask and see the people who are like this fucking mask. And the people there are like, yep, wearing my mask, wearing my mask. And they got their fucking cat mask fabric on, you know, their you know cat prints on their mask or their, you know, whatever they've got. And then you see the people there like with their just fucking shitty cheap mask just shaking their head. Most of them are like me. They got their nose hanging out of it. They're wearing it kind of mm -hmm. on their chin. Like a lot of times I just move mine down to my chin and hope someone says, uh, you need to, I'm like, look, I'm wearing a mask. Okay. It doesn't say how to wear it. I'm wearing it. So you're, you're hitting on something that I think is one of the key insights that I have drawn from this whole thing. The moment that you made this virtuous to wear a mask is the moment that you made it successful in the sense of now it's not about what it's really doing. It's all about the presentation and the virtue of wearing one. Why are you wearing this? I don't it know. Doesn't, I don't it doesn't. And I mean, if you here's the thing. If you boil down, what are the facts to doing that? So you can take the mask part out of it because that there's still controversy because people don't know. Right. And again, I go back to the original point of it's because there hasn't been a consistent narrative that <laughs> that the CDC, that the state governments, that Which the federal is government. Another thing you that, can take and learn from marketing. Right. Yeah. There hasn't How been. How fast people forget about the shit you did. Dude, Fauci, there's videos of Fauci at the beginning of this saying, don't buy masks. Masks don't work. The only people that need masks are medical professionals. Stop buying them. We need the N95s for all the medical people. Don't wear a mask. He's literally saying, don't wear a mask. And then now he's back saying, wear a mask. And it's like, okay, so one of two things. This guy's either a liar or an idiot. Which one is he? Well, but... In, in his defense, there can be stuff that changes. This is part of the, I think, part of the equation that's so hard to get your head wrapped around. 
they're still figuring things out. And where they started... Are they, or are they still making stuff up? Well, but see, here's the problem. Who knows? Because, there, again, I go back to the same thing. There's no definitive authority that has the same consistent narrative the entire way. And right. things that were... The people that were supposed to trust, right, the brand of... I mean, you can get into this is a really interesting conversation. The brand of government. Mm. What is the role of government? Who does it serve? What is its unique selling proposition? Right. What is the brand of government? And I mean, this is gets this can get really, really political, but Republicans and Democrats differ on how they view to run the government. If you were to ask a Republican what the brand of government is, that's a different answer than asking uh, a left-leaning Democrat. Democrat, yeah. Which and it, it and really at the end of the day, it really isn't about who's right or who's wrong. It's it's all how you how you see it. It's your proximity to your worldview. There's parts of it that are right and wrong, and there's parts of it that are wrong and right. And the, at the end of the day, there's more than one way to skin a cat. There's a reason that that's a saying, because there's more than one quote unquote right answer. It depends on which vantage point you're you're looking at and what what is your metric of the measurement. So going going back to the original thing, it really isn't about the masks. It's really about how do you increase the traffic through your door. Okay, here's your a part. unique selling proposition becomes, hey, listen, you don't have to wear a mask here. Right. That's it. And business. I went and got my. So I I can't remember. I think I might have mentioned this on the last one, but I went to this like really cool barbershop in town. Yeah. Uh, if you're local and you're listening to it, uh, Barkland Hill. Super awesome barbershop over in Meridian, and they are all uh, wartime veterans. Um, all three of the guys are super awesome barbers, and and it's just a, a fun place to hang out. But they um they <laughs> they walk in there and the like or you walk in there and the guy stuck his head in the door to ask a question. He was wearing a mask, and the guy goes, "Take the f the owner uh, Trevor as the uh, great name by the way. Super it, it is super great. smart, good looking guy. Great name." Um, they're going to be on the podcast. They actually have. Oh, they uh, say yeah. They did say yeah. They want to be on the podcast now. So they're uh, anyway. So we're going to have them on the podcast. So, uh, but um, Trevor, you know, told the guys like, hey, uh, take that fucking mask off. We we do freedom here, and that that's his brand. You know, I mean, these are three right. wartime veterans that uh, you know basically fought for our country, and and they you know they're they're not scared of fucking COVID, and he owns the business, so he wants his brand to be like, dude, you fuck come in here, don't wear your fucking mask. I'm in, you know, we're like he's taking it to another extreme. Now it's understanding his target demo though. Here's so here's a back to my question I have for you on this. This is what you know. You there's a there's a word you used earlier off air that we were that I, I wrote down in my notes because I wanted to bring it back up. As a marketing person, mm -hmm. what's your feeling when I say the word pander? <laughs> because in some ways, isn't your job to find a way for your client to pander to their customers? Or is pander a negative word? Pander, I mean, what, it's what a negative it? word. It's, an, it's, it's insulting a, call it a demographic. It's, it's the lowest of low-hanging fruit. Right. It's and uh, this is very easy to get um, some of those hot words. Right. Yeah. It's talking about affordability and using what some people would imagery that that some people would immediately say is racist. Right. That, that maybe six months ago, a year ago, 
it was it didn't necessarily right. have that type of, yeah. a, no, we, of a response. We, we, yeah, we talked about that, and, and that's you know bringing that up. We we had ads uh, drawn in you know on one of the associations I'm affiliated with. There were ads drawn of affordable, uh, you know, affordable housing uh, with, you know, African-American uh, family in it. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, is that going to be considered offensive? So here's here's what or it, pandering. Here's or what whatever, it really boils down know? to. You have to draw insights from the right audience. In other words, if you want to be if you want to use a diverse talent pool when it comes to your advertising whether it be stock photography or actors or whatever that's that's good right but if you're not being sensitive to draw insights from from that that audience right so if if you're putting in a little black girl jumping on a bed on this ad and you are a whole bunch of white people making that decision consult somebody of color and see what they say to it because you may be unaware. And again, what does it come back to? It comes back around to your proximity. And the reality is that is going to define your worldview. And you, and it there's there's ignorant elements to that that you just don't know until you know. But that's not an excuse. You've got to be better than that. Yeah. Right? So that's a pride. So that you answered my question with the way like basically saying it's a pride issue for you. You would never pander to somebody to try to get that company to sell more shit. No. Right? Because pandering is considered a negative It's negative. Term, and at right? the end of the day, it's disrespectful to the audience that you're trying to, you know, it, it it's, it's, the, it's, it's the, uh, it's the, <laughs> the walking up to the group of women and being like, aren't guys so dumb? <laughs> you know, like you're like, uh, they see through that, but. Well, and you're, that you're you're playing into them. You're hitting you're yeah. hitting the nail on the head, right? <laughs> they see through it. That's what makes it pandering is because it's the lowest of low hanging fruit. They know what you're doing. All you're doing is trying to leverage something that you think is the right answer to be politically correct. The reality is, you got to go find some insight. You got to go figure out whether that actually resonates. Hey, somebody turn on, turn on the lights. Let there be light. Yeah. And but here's the thing, and it, and it goes back to. The time you put in dictates the result you're going to get. And this is something I talk to my kids about all the time. It doesn't matter if it's a TikTok video, if it's Xbox gaming, if it's drawing up marketing plans, if it's, I mean, building a cabin. It doesn't matter what it is. The time that you put in reflects, the, I mean, it, it, it will become the outcome. If you're going to put in a little bit of time, you're not going to get the, the, the great outcome. If you're going to do the work, and at the end of the day, it's one of the reasons that go back to luxury brands, they've done the work and they the craftsmanship is really, really good. Yeah. And Dude, we see it in the building industry all the time, right? Like I mean, you can you market the shit out of things get what and you sell turds or you can, you know, you can just build good houses. And most of the guys I know that build really nice houses don't even have business cards. You know? That's just that's right. how it is, right? But I think um it's I don't know. I I go back and forth, and I think it's a matter of uh, the 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 other frustrating thing I have is talking about compliance and complying with things. Is there's a lot of people complying with things that they know that it's not actually doing anything, but it's keeping the freaking Karens of the world and those squeaky wheels 
happy. We were at Matador having dinner the other night, and we all just sat there. And I said, just watch the waitress. Just watch her. She's wearing rubber gloves and a mask. <laughs> she went from our table. She went over to the cash register. She opened up the cash register. She grabbed money, which I think everyone agrees is the dirtiest thing next to your cell phone, maybe dirtier. And, I usually uh, keep mine in my underwear. Right. So there you go. Remember that next time you're putting the money in your hand and your hand to your mouth. Anyways, there. Could have been in my pants. She's counting out money. She takes it to a table. She hands it to him. She grabs dirty dishes from the table, carries them over to the bar, sets them down, grabs clean drinks, takes them to a clean table, and hands them off, all with the same gloves on that she touched the dirty money with, touched your face with. Stop talking facts. Stop it right now. So, so. But here's the deal. And we were just like, why are they doing that? I said, because they're pandering to their, they are worried that if somebody comes and goes, I went to Matador and their people were not wearing gloves or masks and blah, 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 blah. Everyone in that place understands that what she's doing is not sanitary. Everybody in that place understands the fact that she's picking. I up think you're mask being generous. Moving it. I think you're being generous. I don't think everybody does. Ninety nine percent. Everybody. So here's here's the thing. I'm going to pay you a compliment and insult you at the same time. There we go. You are making the assumption, which makes you an ass, that everybody is like you. Mm-hmm. Here's the reality. Not everybody is like you. Not everybody pays attention. And it, I mean, it, it sounds kind of like a silly observation. I agree. You, I can think of somebody right now that that really would. I mean, I know wholeheartedly. I've known them a long time. I know that they would watch that and be like, "Good for her." Wearing gloves, She's being so safe. She cares about us. Mm-hmm. It's like she just touched money and then brought your. But that food that to you. again, that goes back to underscore identifying this marketing hat. Identifying the right target saves you all kinds of energy in talking to the right person about the right thing at the right time, right? So Matador, ironically enough, was one of the places that struggled with an out, one of the outbreaks downtown. Oh, right? the, the, down, the downtown The one. downtown one. But here's the thing. Nobody cares. It's Matador is the name on the, the black mark, right? And that's, oh, bad, bad, bad. You guys were a hot spot. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> Again, so, so they have a PR issue that they've got to deal with. And the reality is they're going to have to comply with all those things that they either agree with or don't agree with just to make sure that they are above board on all that stuff so that it can't, it can't come back to get them. Yeah. Whether or not it works, here's the thing. Whether or not it works isn't even really the point. It's all about the perception. That's the, and that's the reality of how do you advise people? Like how do you, I mean you're in this business? How do you guys advise your clients? I mean to like if they come to you with something like that and they're I mean let's say I come to you and I'm like hey I own Ridley's I am gonna fucking do I want you guys to do a marketing campaign for me and we're gonna fucking say we fucking do freedom and you don't have to wear a mask and fuck masks. So number one. We identify who are we talking to, and then we concept it. We I, come up with ideas, and then I, we. And pull. I hate when people say, "Hey, let's role play this." I hate this. No, nope, not I'm role saying, play. Let's role play this. <laughs> I'm gonna say to you, then I'm gonna say, "I want them all. I want all of them, all the customers." Yeah, I'm gonna look at you in your face and tell you you're dumb. You can't have them all. Okay. I'm, what I'm gonna say is, okay, um, you go to a. Call it a, a okay, bar. I want I want the seventy percent of the Albertsons customers that are in there wearing masks that know they're bullshit. And I would say dig deeper. 
Who are they? What's important to them? Do they live? Yeah. Do they live there, or are they second homers? Again, it's drilling down and doing the work to find the insights to find the right campaign. Then you poke holes in it and you tear it all down and you build it back up and make it better. And that's your second right answer, right? The first right answer is freedom. Don't have to wear a mask. Shop here, right? That's the first right answer. It's not incorrect, but do more work to find a better answer that resonates with the right audience, that doesn't just become somebody that comes in the door. They come in the door because of something that resonates with them. And they stay with and who they're. So I want to highlight something you said a little bit ago. You described this barbershop, and in the first couple, guys, like the second sentence, you threw in uh, veterans, military veterans, right? Yep, absolutely. You identified there's that right there, communicates something there's a code there's a a type there's a there's an unwritten group of things that are consistent most of the time with military right and there are people that that resonates with it's just it's a unique selling proposition it's run by military veterans right to some people they don't care doesn't mean anything to them to other people it means the world to them because they get it whatever it happens to be Right. So, again, come back around to identifying who's your target audience and what is it that you're trying to do? How are you going to measure it? What's the metric of your measurement? And then concept ideas to, okay, here's our message. Our message is you don't have to wear a mask. How are we going to distribute that message? What are we going to do about it? About presenting that to the to the people that are, again, I'm, I'm talking to the people that are probably going to be on the fence or around the fence. I'm not talking to Karen that's on the porch right. yelling at people to put their masks on. I'm not talking to her because it's a waste of my energy and a waste of my time and all my resources. Right. I'm talking to the people that are looking at Karen with that funny look on their face going, what the hell is wrong with that lady? That's the, the pe- that's the person. It's the people that wear their mask in their own car by themselves. I'm not after them. <laughs> Don't go after them. No. I'm at like what you were saying. I'm after the person that when they walk up to the store, they don't put on the mask until they have to walk through the door. Yeah. That's who I'm talking to. Dude, I walk in with it in my hand and look around to see if there's some more people if I have backup. Because literally, so I walked in. Here's an interesting one because I really didn't expect this. I went into the Albertsons on 10 Mile the other night on 10 Mile Meridian. I kind of figured being out in Meridian, there'd be more, more uh, compliance. I walked in there, and all of a sudden it was like I looked around. I had my mask in my hand. I looked around like, holy shit, there's not very many people wearing masks that aren't employees. So I stuck it back in my pocket, and I went shopping. And everyone in there was just like kind of looking at each other, smiling like, hey, this is great. Like, this is great. Uh, a good, okay, and let me give you another example. This this was real. This was down uh, Friday. So um, Friday I was down in uh, Ogden, Utah. Went down there and we pick up a trailer down there. Oh, I saw it. Saw it on Facebook. Big old three axle trailer. Compensation station. Big trailer. And uh, so we go down there, pick up this, pick up this trailer. And on the way out, we stopped at. There's a place down there called Smith and Edwards. And Smith and Edwards is a giant like army surplus store, but they've got everything, man. I mean, they've they've got like a 
You can go buy cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. You can buy an army surplus vehicle. You can buy a uh, barbecue there. You can buy uh, cooking utensils. You can buy, I mean, it's just this amazing store of a bunch of different. Can really you buy a kazoo? It's, yep. Tons of, like, four different kinds of kazoos. I'm there. So we went there. We bought some straps for the trailer. We bought a couple cargo nets. We bought, like, some cool, you know, just bought a bunch of shit. So, but anyways, while I'm walking in, so everywhere down there is, is you know, it's all mask, you know, stuff. So we come walking in there, and all of a sudden I look, and it's like I noticed nobody's wearing a mask as they're walking up, and I didn't see any signs on the door. And I walked in. The first thing I see is all the cashiers aren't wearing them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. So we walk through the store, and they're like, people, You could. it was just so funny to see people, like, kind of smiling at each other, like, with that same smirk of, like, not wearing a mask. Yeah. It was a feeling of, like, I mean, and Heather even says, she goes, you can, like, feel the freedom. Like, you can feel, like, people just, like, feeling better that they're not wearing a mask in here because every, like, you didn't see anybody wearing a mask. Like, it was the first time in a long time I've been somewhere where it was not like, oh, there's a few people not wearing masks, or oh, like, half the people weren't wearing masks. This was like everybody was not wearing masks. Almost like shamed the mask people into taking their mask off kind of place. Which is, it's the pendulum, right? It's swinging. And so I, I asked the lady, I come up and I, I, when we went to check out, I said, hey, I can ask a question. I go, I'm just curious. I said, I'm from Idaho. I said, I kind of thought we'd be the last place that would have the mask thing. I said, and it's hitting all over. I said, do you guys get a lot of shit for not wearing masks? Anyone ever have a problem? And she goes, honestly, she goes, people come in here and they, she goes, it's funny, even the strictest like mask people, you see them walk around and they come in, they usually make it in the front door a little ways with their mask on. And then they kind of look around and then they take their mask off and they, they comply to the, to the to the non-compliance right right and I, we get in our car and you know driving home it's a four-hour drive home and i'm sitting in the car and i'm thinking i'm like with your mask on with my mask on <laughs> yeah, of course i didn't want to get myself sick and uh i i wear a condom too all the time just in case don't want to get myself pregnant i wondered so i i literally am thinking i'm like, I'm like you know what i'm like that's a great example of you know, and I get I'm big on the lions and sheep. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Sean Whalen. Hashtag lions and sheep. He's he's the man with that. This is his. I'm stealing his his motto here. But lions and sheep. It's very accurate. These people that are wearing these masks are mostly sheep. Sheep. Very much sheepish. So what do they do when they come into a place where there's not people wearing masks? That just shows how much they don't. They just follow and they don't think. They don't think for themselves. If they really believed that was an issue, and she said, she goes, I'm amazed at how many people walk in with masks on and then take them off by the end of this trip. Because this is part of the conditioning of it. They literally, so you now see the opposite of what we're seeing, which is basically the people that were saying, yeah, wear your mask. But then if they're in a room full of people not wearing masks, they take their mask off because they're outnumbered and their followers, they're sheep. They're All they do is make fucking noise. Sheep, all they all sheep do is make noise. They don't do shit. They shit. They make wool. Sometimes they freeze. Have you seen that? Huh? Oh, no, I'm thinking goats. Yeah. That's they're goats. different. Fainting goats. Yeah. But they literally, they, they're just following, right? So so just in the opposite, like she, she kind of enlightened me to the idea, like if you put a masker in a group of non-maskers, the masker's probably going to take it off because the reason the masker's wearing a mask in the first place is because it's a fucking sheep that doesn't think for so itself. That's what I'm talking about, where you make it 
It isn't so, about but the in fact. marketing. I'm that just makes my marketing point here of like. Yeah. So what do you do? Like you're you're literally trying to market to people that you're like, hey, if we get enough people to shift. It's like siphoning something, right? Like mm-hmm. if you get enough liquid going this way, it just sucks everything out of it, right? Like all of a sudden you've got, you know, you got to get it primed up and going. But once you start getting the pump going, you prime the pump, it just starts pumping. And so I think that's where I look at. When I'm Ridley's, I basically siphon that 70% out of the fucking Albertsons. And all of a sudden now that 30%, that sheep, now they're the minority. It freaks them out. I think you shifted at that point, which just takes it takes time and energy. It's like any kind of a campaign. Because yeah, if and if you got to a point where people felt weird for wearing masks, well, it would go away. But again, you you have to <laughs> go back to the narrative. Inconsistent narrative is it's what's causing some of that rift. If you had a very consistent narrative and a very consistent research and fact based information system that said hey here's the deal with the masks here's what they do here's why they do it here's this this and it's and it's all very very clear it's a totally different it's a totally different deal right seat belts great example seat belts save lives agreed right it shouldn't and i believe it should not be a law it's (laughs) you can't legislate common sense right would you go on like the roller coaster that goes crazy around and all that? Would you would you not wear the little safety harness? Right. Like it's just <laughs> like you wouldn't do that because it's stupid. If you understand the laws of physics, we're gonna give you the choice. You can go on this roller coaster and you can either wear the seat harness or don't wear the seat harness. It's up to you. Totally your call. Uh most people, I hope, are going to choose to wear the safety harness. Because right. it's common sense. But the, the, the whole, and it, it's become the mask debate, the big mask debate. If mask you, debate. you're welcome. <laughs> if you boil it down to, to the emotion of it versus the fact of it, the challenge that I think we're seeing is that there's too much differentiating factoids that don't lead to a clear concept closure for most people and what i think you're talking about about the whatever the percentages are there are too many people out there that are saying i don't know man something just doesn't add up they don't know what it is they can't put their finger on it and they're saying you know what if you tell me to wear a mask i'll wear a mask i'll be respectful it's not for me it's not it's not that big of a deal but there's still something that doesn't quite add up the emotion aspect of that and this is as as a marketer I can look at the emotion of selling you something, right? So getting into that brand new blankety blank, I can sell you on the emotion of how good that's going to feel. I can sell you on the emotion of that new car smell. I can sell you on the emotion and I can get you into a test drive. Okay, there's two elements of that test drive. There's the emotive factor of, holy shit, this is nice. And then there's the fact of the matter where if you were to compare, let's say, a 2013 F-150 versus a 2020 F-150 and you drive both of those vehicles, they drive different. They tow different. They get different gas mileage. But if you put your 2020 F-150 into sport mode and you mash the throttle, 
there is no denying the emotional little boy giddiness that you feel when you suddenly you're doing 80 miles an hour on the on-ramp. <laughs> and you're like, holy shit, right? There's a reason that car dealers want to get you into the vehicle to test drive it. Because the element of the emotional connection with that vehicle has power. What you have seen in terms of the marketing of the mask debate is That's you've true. made it you've made it a virtue. You've made it to where it isn't really about because it, it it it's not protecting you. It's keeping all the shit that's in your mouth from reaching other people. Yeah, but people don't get that. The people driving in their car don't understand. But even that, know the that's facts. my point. They're and they're just they're not even again. They're part of the demographic that isn't paying attention. And the reality is, you're always going to have that demographic within any crowd. You're always going to have it. There's people that don't pay attention. They're the ones that <laughs> right. No accidents happen to people that aren't paying attention. Right. Right. There's just. That's just the way that it is. And if there's if there's anything that I would say, I know we always kind of take a, a little bit of a dad angle to this, a little bit of a mentorship angle to, to all of our podcasts. It's one of the things that I'm talking to my kids about. Guys, be intentional about paying attention. Look around and see what's going on and pick it apart. And then pick it apart again. What if, and this is something you want to talk to your kids about too, but like going back to what you... <clears throat> What if people, so so basically people are doing this because, you know, somebody's told them, like, it's it's not that big of a deal. Wear a mask. Save some lives. Okay, do you, do you, you know, and, and, and they're, yet they're doing it with no, a pro, you know, proximity to anything that's happened to them in their world. They're just doing it because somebody told them that this is the correct thing to do and that right. this, you know, they came out and said this. What if you were to take somebody and do this with their finances? What if you said, hey, guys, we need you to give us $50 a week. It's not much, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to save some lives. Mm-hmm. Okay, which I, I think people have tried to do over time, right? I mean, sure. I think it's what people do. But but why did those same – so these same people that are wearing masks and they're saying, dude, it's, it's not a big deal. I don't know personally anybody that has it or anybody – that has died of it. I mean, maybe I know someone that tested positive, but they never had symptoms or maybe I know somebody that even got sick from it, you know, like the flu, like, cause I know 25 people that got the flu last year too. But so, so, so I don't really know. It's not really affecting me in my life, but Hey, the government told me that it's, it's a, it's a little thing I can do every single day that does affect my life a little bit, but it's better for everybody else. Okay. So in the same vein, then I want you to give me $50 every week. It's a little something. It's not a major deal, but I just want you to do it. And I know you don't know anybody that's actually seen that money come back or, or benefited from that $50 you're giving. But just trust me, it's saving people. And How so, come people would never, like, you could not separate people from their 50 fucking dollar bill? 10 bucks, you'd have a hard time. You can't get them to separate from that $50, but yet they'll wear a fucking mask every fucking day of their life to, you know, like, it, it blows me away that we're sitting here talking about, you know, and and the fact that it's got to a point that we're actually discussing marketing options around it. You know, like, I mean, we, we talk about it all the time. We talk about, here's the thing I've had, there's people making marketing or marketing fucking masks, like, like, like a billboard. 
I have had to modify. I've had to modify existing TV commercials and put disclaimers stating that this was filmed before COVID because of social distancing and or lack of masks. In my concepting of, of ideas oh now, we that is part of the equation is how do we incorporate social distancing and how do we incorporate a very subtle use of masks if appropriate. It's part of the conversation. Which, okay, and I, I can take this to the other side of the conversation, and this is a f- true fact. I sell a product that makes concrete homes. Our concrete homes are ballistically uh, ballistically tested up to 50 caliber. So we can shoot our buildings with up to a 50 caliber, and it will Can I be on the, the testing committee of right, that? Yeah. I know. Then they blew them up with, with explosive devices to see if we could use them as barracks and in, uh, in uh, military, which they passed. So that being said, we are discussing, or you know, I should, our industry is in a spot where we're actually selling a lot of this product to people who want to build bulletproof homes. <laughs> and I've actually even had phone convers. I've had conversations with people building these homes who are designing windows with metal covering on them that would be also firing windows. So we are now at a point where there are people building their homes based upon that is the other end of the spectrum. Dude. So you've got these people that are like the, the, the maskers, right? Right. You got the other end of these people that are like, this world has gone so crazy that we're doing this. I jokingly have been putting on my cards for years and my marketing materials, bullet, fireproof, bulletproof, soundproof, zombie-proof. I love the zombie proof. Right? And everyone thinks it's so funny. It's becoming real. I put bulletproof on there as a joke. Now people are actually, I've probably sent half a dozen to a dozen ballistic reports to people that want to see the actual ballistic report to know if before they build their house, if it will hold up to, to gunfire. That is something that's happening due to the fact that you've got a world that has got so that crazy. So we're now seeing and we're saying, okay, from our marketing standpoint, I don't know that we're going to go out and market ourselves as bulletproof and, and, and zombie proof as a corporation. Right. Um, but, you know, we, we definitely are seeing this, you know, this other end of the spectrum. And, and it's like, okay, so at what point do we tilt over and go like, hey, maybe we should be looking into this, right? We ran into it with, here's another thing, compliance, I mean, and this doesn't have to do necessarily with the compliance, but maybe politically correctness. Another industry we're extremely popular in is the friggin' cannabis industry, you know, doing mm-hmm. marijuana. Now, that so, doesn't surprise me at all. It's a major thing for us because a lot of these guys who now are growers are super fucking smart. We're not talking about Cheech and Chong anymore. Oh, no. We're talking about guys who are friggin' very, very smart at this, and they are agriculturally advanced, and they are trying to figure out ways to grow these things with as little expenditures and in, in, in energy. There's we make a, a product that's money. equivalent to R52 walls that you can basically heat this room. And, and the other thing that I learned in this, going down to Colorado a lot and talking with these guys, Every strand grows at a different temperature, ideally. 
So oh, say what? you got, you know, you got some Maui Wowie that grows best at 87 degrees and right. 90% humidity. In the next room, you could have some California sesamia that grows better at 55 degrees and, really? and lower humidity. So so they what they like is not only are we building the exterior walls out of concrete, we're building divi- dividing walls out of concrete so they can keep the different right. strands, right? But there's a thing there's there's a there's a politically correctness of that. Like, do we go and start running ads in in marijuana grower magazines, you know? And do we put our brand on that? You know, do we that, put our again, that's part of it goes back it goes back around to that. Who's your audience and does that is it consistent with who your brand is, right? So there are certain brands that you can identify that would jump on board certain socially charged issues that make sense for their brand and there are others that it doesn't make sense for the brand they're just jumping on and those are the panderers right because right. it's not authentic and, and man the audience is smart they really are they'll figure you out if you're full of shit they'll figure you out yeah but again it's it's part of the conversation that happens in those in those meetings that are the, hey, let's throw some noodles against the wall. Let's brainstorm this. Let's concept it. Let's figure things out. Let's pull holes in it. Let's draw our insights from, you know, I mean, data is such a good thing. But one of the things my boss says all the time is we're, we're not, um, we're data informed, not data driven. And the difference between those two, I can take a set of data and I can make it say what I want it to say based on what I what I highlight, right? Right. If I'm taking that data agnostically and I'm looking at it and I'm just drawing insights from it, I can get what I need out of it to inform a smart campaign to the right people. And again, it, it comes back around to, it's all about that alignment, your brand with the right audience at the right time. So when you're talking, go back to the very beginning of where we started the podcast, is Ridley's needs to gain market share against Albertsons what are the ways they can do that? How can they leverage that? The reality is the no mask thing is consistent with the brand of Ridley's because Ridley's is, they're not fancy. They're just a good old-fashioned small-town grocery store, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's their brand. And they they don't have a sushi bar. They don't have an olive bar because that's not who they are, right? which is just fine. What they have to figure out is who is the who is the audience that's going to the Albertsons that they can, all they got to do is they got to shift the trajectory. This is something I talk about all the time. Start a conversation, shift the trajectory. And then you got to give it a little bit of space to let them find and, and conclude it, right? They had to find the concept closure. That's what I was talking earlier about where as opposed to pounding you over the head with, with an idea, I just want to smack you a little bit to get you to look at something and then have you come up with the idea and go, hey, you ever know that blankety blank blank blank? I just had an idea. And um, yeah, I yeah, I I did know that. If you can get it to be their idea, it's like you ever seen the the movie Inception. Mm-hmm. It's Inception. If I can get it to be your idea, it has a thousand times more value than you accepting my idea. Right. Your criticism of the sheep versus lions. Lions have their own ideas, and they will it into being mm-hmm. where sheep don't they just follow right interesting anyway 
So, so I think that Ridley's has an opportunity. I do too. And and I think you're gonna see more of it. I honestly do. Uh, I think I, you I will. think somebody people are breaking. Man, we're watching it break right now. I well, and I, I think you fast forward a year, and I think this runs through the cycle of. At the end of the day, you will see most people get their number one. They're going to get tired of the. Well, I think the election's going <laughs> to. Three weeks after the election, there's going to be a whole bunch of things that people are like, oh, okay. Oh, never mind. But it is, and again, it is what it is. And time time will vet out a lot of the reality of, of what the truth is, right? Right. You may figure out that that this really is a deal and we we figure out how to beat it and it was legit all along and we figured out that masks did help and this and, and that and blah, blah, blah. And it, it might not be the case. Time's going to find that out. There are smart people that are working on it and they're discovering new things all the time. I'm a big advocate of open-handed, give people the benefit of the doubt. Go figure your shit out. And y- you may alter course as you go, but man, be a that community of, of leadership within the medical community and, and government, they gotta be on the same page because <laughs> everybody's watching and everybody's willing to follow you. I mean, look at, look at our, our world. You got sheep, you got people wearing masks thinking that it's protecting them. Right. It's not. And they, they, here's the irony. The medical community has said that the entire time. Yeah, if you were to ask somebody, do you feel safer wearing that? My contention is that well over half of those people would say yes. Dude, that's the only reason someone would be walking down the street by themselves. Unless. Is to save themselves. Unless they're the one that's positive and they're protecting everyone else. Which, guess what? That's not the case because if they're positive, they're at home being sick. Yes, thank you. It's a little dessert wine. It's very sweet. Is it? Yep. Just like you. Oh, well, I think in conclusion, I, I just I, I want people to think about this and just think about where you stand with your marketing, because I think you have a choice. Um, Do the work. Jody, man. Jody had just said that he he likes to work. He he's what you say? You're open hand and you like people make your own their decisions or let them make uh, yeah. their decisions. But I, I like am, con- concept closure to me. If I can if I can direct an audience to a conclusion and let them concept close it, it has more power rather than me blasting you over the head with the conclusion. So I'm a closed hand and I like to, with my closed hand, punch you in the throat. Not you personally, just saying you in general. You just got done saying that was sweet. Why would you do that? Um, I'm saying you're not, not you, Jody. I'm just saying you generic the open hand. Yeah. Punch you in the throat and tell you which way I think. You can't punch with an open hand though. Well, Bruce Lee could. You can. I'm punching with a closed hand. Yeah. So what I'm saying is I think that everybody out there, okay, so you and I have two different continents. You have a you're pretty. Uh, Woo, that is really sweet. It's super sweet. Um, wow. But it's got booze in it, so it's all right. Wow. It's better. It's that dessert is- wine. Um, I personally want people listening to this to, to take away the fact that you, you don't, always have to make the popular decision sometimes uh i can speak from from i very much speak from personal uh experience that sometimes the most gratifying 
choices you'll make in your life are not the popular ones. I'm going to give you a great example of this. Steve Jobs, he was kind of integral in a pretty uh, a pretty successful company. Yeah. Um, what was it? Apple? Apple, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. He was asked one time in an interview about his computers and about giving people what they want. And his response was really interesting. He said, no, 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 no. We're not giving people what they want. They don't know what they want. We're giving something, we're giving people something that they will eventually want. They don't know what they, he had, he was a visionary. Right. He was two steps ahead of where everybody else was and leading and innovating and giving, giving room for people to concept close that that's what I want and here's right. why I want it. Right. He was never trying to keep up with what people wanted. He was two steps ahead of it. Right. And anybody that's a Mac user, like you and I both are, mm-hmm. would 100% agree. I yeah. never, I hate using, I, I have I have a PC and I have my Apple and I hate using the PC. Um, but I, I I think that the biggest thing is, is you know, take, take away this understanding of the fact that you, you have an ability, especially as a business owner, and, and even just as, as even an employee of a company, you choose your path. And you mm-hmm. choose that path that you're going to take. And and know this. You don't have to always be the sheep. And guess what? You may get fired. You may lose customers. You may, uh, you know, you shit, you could go out of business. But I will tell you this, that there will be times in your life where you will feel a lot better about a bad decision you made because you stuck to your heart and your gut and what you really feel. And you didn't comply to what everyone else wanted you to, and you didn't settle, um, you'll feel better about it. So if you're sitting here thinking, you know, yeah, but, you know, I'd, I'd love to say that or do that, but, you know, I mean, the only way we're going to get through this and change things and show people that there are others of this other than Karen out there is to stand up against the Karens. Um, you know, I, I'm asking you this. take If you really don't believe in the mask, do me a favor, stomp your ass into a, an Albertsons or a Fred Myers, and don't wear your mask. Get kicked out. It feels a, good. They're not going to kick you out. It feels good. They're All you got to do is out. say, I can't but, wear a mask. But standing up for yourself <laughs> and your beliefs is something that you will feel really, really good about. And I hope that more companies in this very near future do this in their marketing. I hope that the Ridleys of the world do tell people, come here and don't wear a mask. Like, I mean, we know what we we do believe and i just feel sick to my stomach when people say well yeah no i believe you i i'm totally with you but i gotta put my mask on because everybody else is doing it you know or because yeah we could we could do this i i had it i was trying to conclude and close but in in conclusion also i had a talk with a (laughs) manager of a very large corporation here in town and uh, we were chatting and i said what's your guys' stance on this because i know you guys are so big that people have to be like really chomp because I could just see in his eyes. I said, you're not a masker either. And he goes, no, this stuff's fucking stupid. And I said, what are you doing? What are you telling your employees? He goes, well, we have a couple that are real serious about it. And he says, and they come flying up to me like this customer just came in and they weren't wearing a mask. And I told him to wear a mask. And he's like, don't tell him to wear a mask. He says, here's what our obligation is. You need to let him know that in the, that wow, that was like karate kid. You just grabbed that <laughs> moth out of the air. Uh, like 
you, we have an obligation to tell them that within the county or the city or the state or whatever it is, you know, the city right. or the city or the county, that there is a uh, a mask requirement. But we we are not law officials and we don't enforce that. So, you if it's really bothering you, he said my 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 point would be I just would not incite the conflict or do something that might upset one of our customers is how he put it. So I would just leave it alone. But if you just can't let it go and you really need to for your own conscience, go and tell them, then you go tell them that. And if it's really bothering you, you can even go to customer service and grab them a mask because they're providing them and take it to them and tell them, here you go if you need a mask. Here's one. But if you upset that customer, you and I are going to have a conversation. But it's all in the presentation, right? So here, here's somebody who it's corporately they're it. telling him he has to do this. Right. And he's saying at his store level, no. I don't believe it. So I think there's a lot of that. And I, I you know, and I, I feel for him because he has to comply in some ways because of his job, but he's also being non-compliant in some ways. So I'm not trying to start a revolution here, but I'm just saying I, what you're doing is, hey, people, stand up for yourself a but, little bit. But before you stand up, right, you're thinking, you're critically thinking. If you boil all of this down to 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 one simple I'll use the word conclusion. At the end of the day, you're just critically thinking. You're drawing insights. You're identifying from a marketing standpoint. You're identifying an audience. You're identifying what am I viewing as the risks? What is the reward? I'm I'm thinking about it. I'm not just do, 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 walking down the road, derp, 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 right? I'm looking at it. I'm thinking about it. I'm processing through it. I'm I'm looking at, okay, if I do X, Y, and Z, these are the potential outcomes. Here's the risk. Here's the potential reward. Here's what I can gain. What what are all those things? And it's it's having conversations with, again, surrounding yourself with smart people. It's having conversations with those smart people and saying, hey, what am I missing? And it's, frankly, talk to somebody that's that's a little bit more middle of the road. Talk to somebody that is in the medical community. Right? Hey, here's here's my thought on this. What are your thoughts on it? And get their two cents on it. I mean, I had a, I had a chance to talk to a guy at a golf tournament recently. He's doing some he he's retired and he's doing some photography for this deal. And I get talking to him. Oh, I'm like, well, what'd you do before you retired? Oh, I was I was in charge of uh, medical this and that and doctors and epidemiology and blah, blah, blah. And I had this big state or three or four states that I had my territory and it just, it burned me out and I finally retired. Super smart guy, right? He's been around the medical field for long decades. And so I kind of giggled and I said, well, I bet you got a pretty strong opinion about this whole mask thing. <laughs> and it was really interesting to, to hear what he had to say. Here's this this old guy that's got... 30 to 40 years worth of experience working in the medical field. And he's like, all I got to say is your immune system's a pretty cool deal. You ought to give it a fair fight. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a really interesting thing because he didn't, he didn't answer my question because he, he knew what I was asking. Right. He didn't answer the question. He just gave me information to let me draw my own conclusion, which is if you really think about it, it was a brilliant response because he didn't take one side or the other. He let you come up with a conclusion based on his expert opinion. You know what he was saying. Right. And he didn't have to say it because you drew the conclusion. 
So at, at the end of the day, it really comes back down to ask the right questions, draw good insights, poke holes in your logic, and, and think about it from the other side of the coin. Look at it. You got to look at both sides of that coin. And then once you're firm on, on who you are from a marketing standpoint, right, who you are as a company, what is your brand? Where does it center? Figure that stuff out. What's important to your customer base and why? Understand all those things and then boldly take that step and let the chips fall where they may. You may, you may draw new fans of your brand you may go the other way and have people criticize you. And here's the deal. There, there are going to be Karens out there that are going to bitch. It does not matter what it is. It's never good enough for the Karens out there. Right. You're never going to beat them. And it, and it just, you know what? You can dismiss the Karens because they're going to bitch and whine about everything anyway. She, she, that Karen is not your target. She's just a wheel that needs some grease. Or put it on mute because you're always going to get it. But do the work, figure out who you are, and like like what you were saying, to comply or not to comply, what's the risk, what's the reward? If you if you understand the metrics of what you're trying to do and what you're measuring, and you understand what you're doing and the why of why you're doing it, let's do it. I think like you just said, and this has been this is a quote that uh it's it's been given to Alexander Hamilton, but it is debated because I looked it up just to see for sure. But Max debated. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Perfect. Thank you. I thought that everyone was a, knows that. I thought it was a country song. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall, fall for, for anything. anything. Uh, yeah. So basically, that that yeah that credited to Alexander Hamilton, but uh, that that's the truth. So here we you know. We'll end on a life lesson, not just a, a marketing lesson. But if you if you believe in something, stand for it. Do something with this. This is this is the idea. We we started with compliance or not compliance. Um, it, it's it it comes down to what that individual person feels and what they do. And and all I ask for you is to. It's bigger than what they feel. It's bigger than what they feel. At one time, the world complied that it, that the globe was flat until it was proven otherwise. It is not just about feelings. It's a, it's a holistic approach of your gut and the information that you were provided with. But what you're saying is, hey, based off of what I can see, what I know, based off of my group of people, this is what I believe and here's why. And this is this is why I plant my flag. Do it. Plant your flag. Go out there. Get your. Just don't don't allow everybody to push you a certain way. So if you feel like complying, comply. If you don't like, I mean, but there's there's business to be had on both sides of the coin. And I think people are scared a lot of the times where they think that they're going to be. Uh, treated differently they're going to be somebody's going to look down on them if they don't um i'm telling you aaron tippin aaron tippin did it if you don't aaron tippin aaron tippin said it alexander hamilton or aaron tippin oh man that's 90s country that's my jam
Uh, now YouTube's gonna strike us. Sorry about that, YouTube. Yeah. That's just what? Yeah, yeah, here it comes. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're living in that right now. Aaron Tippin was a uh was a uh what what they we could see the future. He was a uh, visionary, uh, visionary, right? Yeah. Visionary. We're in there right now, guys. We're we're literally we're not standing for something. We're falling for everything. So, anyways, we won't make it political, but too late. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Though here's the good here's the good news. Have the conversations. Don't be afraid to have conversations with people that don't agree with you. It isn't about trying to convince them. You can't win all the customers. No, you can't. And can't it's okay. But have the conversation so you know where you stand and why you stand there. As a person, as a company, as a brand, all that stuff. Because it matters. Thanks for joining us yep. on the Wreak Havoc podcast. We'll be back next week. GFY Maybe. week. Oh, GFY that's right. Week. Oh, man. We're talking some entertainment. You guys, next week's going to be 